Dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And here we go on a beautiful Monday afternoon from Studio 31 at City National Arena. This is Nighttime at Noon, relaunching hockey talk after the All-Star break along with Derek Englund. I'm Brian McCormick, Songy and Floyd in the background, hiding away from the cameras because they are cowardly but talented and helping the show go. Uh, so much to talk about. Again, the All-Star break has come and gone, and now we get ready for what, you know, it's February, so there's plenty of time left in the season, but it kind of feels like the sprint begins now. We're just under a month away from all uh, from uh, the trade deadline, uh, and the, the races really start to take shape. So I don't know about you, Derek. I'm so glad the All-Star break is over. The break is great. The All-Star festivities are fun. But I found myself, I don't plan my day or, or judge the passage of time by looking up in the sky to see where the sun is or anything else. It's, it's based on hockey scheduling. And I told you when we were off the air, I was exhausted last night. I was ready for bed. I looked at the clock. It was 730. If there's not hockey games on night, I can't pace my energies. So tonight, we're back to uh, regular season play, and it couldn't have come soon enough. Yeah, no, it's uh, like you said, it's the same thing, you know, at night, uh, put the boys to bed, turn some hockey on, watch it. So um, there was a lot of uh, empty time to fill uh, over the last week with uh, without any hockey on. But, uh, you know, just like the players, it's, it's nice to get away for a little bit and get some excitement to grow back up and get ready for this, like you said, sprint for the rest of the year. So we'll, uh, we're all back where we belong, and that's good to be. And that includes the uh, members of the VGK staff and the team themselves as they head out on the road to Nashville to continue the uh, the road trip that was interrupted by the All-Star break. We'll talk some All-Star. We'll talk about uh, the return to play and what the VGK need out of these next two games as they try to snap what's been a bit of a, a skid for them over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, of course, we'll give a, an HSK update as well. The AHL All-Star game is tonight at uh, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Skills were last night. Braden Pahal representing the Silver Knights there. And then uh, we'll get into some more broad topics. Uh, I said trade deadline is less than a month away, and if we've learned anything, it's that the big action doesn't always wait until trade deadline day to arrive, and that includes the Bo Horvat trade. That's already happened as he's a member of the New York Islanders and got an extension to go with it. So tons to cover. We'll get to as much in the hour as we can, uh, lofty goals. But let's start with the uh, all-star festivities. By the way, those of you who are not joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, or looking to, to see me and Derek, you have that option. We're simulcasting on all VGK digital channels. So all-star festivities in Florida. Uh, fun weekend. Uh, the skills competition was Friday night, the all-star game Saturday uh, and the Golden Knights sent Bruce Cassidy, Logan Thompson, uh, and Chandler Stevenson. Did you get to watch a good amount of it? I didn't. I was uh, watching tennis and flag football weekend for my boys, so I, I wasn't able to watch it, uh, unfortunately. But it, uh, you know, from what I've read, it uh, they set the stage here in Vegas last year, and yep. uh, Florida dis- didn't disappoint with uh, on the beach activities and stuff like that. So. Um, hopefully uh, there's some replays so I can catch some of the, the highlights of it at least. You'll definitely find them. And, and you know, there's a, you know, a broad array of activities, and Chandler Stevenson took place uh, in the uh, the fastest skater, finished, I believe it was 30 at a time, just over 14 seconds. Uh, the winner of that event was, was Andrei Svechnikov, but he uh, participated in that. Logan Thompson, of course, the goaltender activities. Uh, the Pacific Division had a, a short stay in the three-on-three round robin. But as you mentioned, last year the All-Star festivities we're here in Vegas, this year in Florida. Uh, lots of commentary online of, of what they people liked and didn't like about the skills competition. Uh, I always personally like the uh, the more traditional 
uh, elements. I, I, I'm a kid still, and therefore I uh, can associate with the things that happened when I was seven and eight years old. And I still very vividly remember Al McGinnis' hardest shot, uh, Ray Bork, Jeremy Roenick, accuracy shooting, trying to go four for four. So, you know, the new elements last year, the passing thing in the Bellagio Fountains was a lot of fun. This year they did some uh, accuracy elements on the beach, some golf uh, crossover activities, plenty of fun. I like the the more traditional uh, elements of hardest shot, accuracy shooting, speed skating, where guys can can really measure themselves against one another. Yeah, it's they they got to keep those, those the original, like you said, the uh, exact same names: Eli Frady, right. McKinnis, you know, uh, Ray Boyd. Eli Frady swinging a tree branch, yeah, basically. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> With the technology, I wonder what they'd be shooting at yeah. uh, now if they had those sticks, but. Uh, yeah, the the traditional ones are cool, and I, I think with times are changing, they got to spruce it up a little bit, and they started here, like you said, on the Bellagio Fountains and uh, in Florida, taking it to to the beach, uh, you know, in Fort Lauderdale there. It's a, it's a great beach, so to get that, I'm interested to see uh, what they're going to do next year in Toronto. Now, you mentioned the uh, the hardest shot again, the Ally Frady. Of course, Zdeno Char was hitting 108. It's there are special talents who hit special numbers, and even at the AHL level, Martin Furk. It just shows that uh, people have tangible skills that may or may not make them an everyday NHLer, but put them in an event like this, you're going to see something special. Same as when they have the women participants. They can compete in fastest skater and put up impressive numbers too. So that's what makes it fun to me is it's literally a, uh, it's, it's a strongman competition. But you're looking at the, the hardest shot. Uh, Elias Pedersen was the winner, 103. Not uh, video game numbers like we've seen in the past. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin hit 102. Those are the only two guys to break 100, which, again, the technology is a factor. kind of shows you, though, when Chara is putting up 108, now he's a mountain of a man, of course, but it's not the technology that's necessarily doing it. Sometimes you're going to see eras where you've got one or two guys who can do something special, and then when you have a night like we saw this past weekend, you're like, oh, you know what? You're not going to see 105 and up from now on. That's not the new age with the uh, with the technology and the sticks that they have. Guys who can shoot 108 are just freaks of nature and enjoy them while you got them. Yeah, exactly. Shea Weber was another yeah. guy up 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 high there. But yeah, uh, yeah. Y- you know, I think with the the three on three and stuff, maybe those those bigger D men that uh, can shoot at a million miles an hour, maybe the three on three isn't quite their game, and it, it's getting. You know the NHL is getting so skilled. There's so many uh, young guys coming up with high talent uh, levels, and um, you know you want that in the three-on-three because you want to sell the game too. And uh, you know, so maybe some of the guys that uh, don't go to the All-Star game are still shooting 108, yeah. but they're just not there. And you know, other say, other side of the same coin. When you see Char and he shoots 108, you're like, all right, well. That's that's uh, Goliath. That's what you're expected yeah. to see. At the same time, you know what? I wouldn't have chosen or, or predicted Rasmus Dahlin to hit 102, a guy who is so much finesse and shiftiness and, and finds, finds ways to get pucks through. I didn't expect him to have uh, 102-mile-an-hour cannon. So you, you learn something. Yeah. Uh, and I think one of the great things of All-Star Weekend, which, again, uh, Gold Knights fans got to see last year when it was here in town, the Fan Fest, uh, the activities. You and I got to hang out and do some Q&A stuff that, you've, of course, they're going to bring down there as well. Every time you hear fans come away from the All-Star Weekend, they enjoy the games, they enjoy the activities that happen on TV, but it's the, the opportunity to get up close and personal with the games and the legends of the game that, that they can really take away. And I think that's one of the things that sells the weekend best. Yeah, for sure. The you know, Like you said, down at the Fan Fest when it was here, it was just the interaction that the fans get to have with if it's players or ex-players or coaches, GM, whatever it is, it, it, you know, that's where they're, they're going to take those memories. You know, the kids, you've seen the kids running around there down at the, 
the fan fest they're having a blast and you know that's what it's all about is selling it to grow in the game and 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 seeing those kids having fun that's what it's all about as uh, if you're on our streaming services you can see chance was kind enough to go and uh bruce cassidy coaching the pacific division he chandler stevenson logan thompson Fun weekend, and, uh, and then you jump right back into it. So they'll come all, all come back with a tan uh, and uh, rested, rejuvenated, and ready to go back into game action, which for the league resumes tonight, for the VGK resumes tomorrow night against a Nashville Predator team that was starting to pick things up a little bit heading into the All-Star break. I think they've won four in a row or four, four or five, something in that neighborhood. Uh, a good team and a VGK team that, in addition to just – bearing down and getting back in it is this is a, a very tight pacific division picture now it's a team that needs to find some more scoring yeah definitely and and you know they have the talent there um you know you're gonna go through stretches where you're some guys are in some slumps not not uh, find the back of the net but uh you know the, the skill level that the team has they're gonna they're gonna find their groove and you know with uh the next two games you're in nashville and minnesota so two tough opponents where it's easy to get up for, especially going into Nashville. You know, it's uh, it, it's not T-Mobile, but it's it's close. Uh, so uh, it's a good atmosphere to get up for. And, uh, you know, on top of it, they got the dads there with them. And, uh, you know, you always want to bring a little extra for the for the father's trip. That's right. Nashville Predators, they've won three in a row and four of five, six of ten. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the dads' trip uh, in the next segment as well because I'm sure you can give a lot of perspective of how much fun that is. And, again, coming out of the break, you're refreshed, retooled, and what a great time for the dad's trip to get just a little extra jolt of giving everyone something to, to smile about and feel light about. So we'll get into that in a little bit of depth. Speaking of about coming out of the, the All-Star break feeling good about yourself, you know, it's been a great season for Logan Thompson. Obviously, he's an All-Star. But I think for the last two years, it's been creeping forward, last three years really, of finding out exactly what and who he is and, and good for the VGK being validated each time. With his first year in Henderson, where he was the AHL's goaltender of the year, I know at the start of the year that wasn't the expectation. He came in basically for a goaltending, uh, a starters competition with Dylan Ferguson and uh, Yuri Patera in the mix there as well. Oscar Dansk uh, during that first season took it, ran with it, and had the best year of any goaltender in the American Hockey League. Last year, strong again in the second half, got his NHL uh, opportunity, played well, and gave them a reason to go into this season wanting to have a goaltending, a starter's job competition with he and Aiden Hill. So each time he's been challenged and nothing promised to him, he's been able to validate the decision of the VGK to put their trust in him. The All-Star break is just another element league-wide of confirmation of, hey, this isn't a surprise. This isn't someone making something out of an opportunity, though it is. It's legitimately confirmed he is among one of the best goaltenders in the league certainly in the western conference and knowing logan thompson and how much he wants to prove people right about him giving him that chance there's no way he doesn't come out of this weekend feeling really really good about himself it's a fun weekend there's pomp and circumstance games and activity but what it really is also is recognition and he's got that out of this weekend. He's got to feel great heading into February. Yeah, for sure. For any young guy, you know, that's what you want to see. You're going to have the McDavid's, the Crosby's all there. But uh, for me, you know, Thompson and Stevenson, first time ever in the All-Star. And yeah. well-deserved for both of them. Like you said, Logan is is exceeding expectations. Seems like every single year, like you said, goaltender of the, uh, AHL goaltender of the year the first year. Came out of nowhere, really. You, you know, he was in uh, South Carolina, I believe, in yep. the East Coast. Uh, the year before that, he was in uh, college uh, in Canada. So, um, you know, every year he's getting better and better. And 
like you said, this all-star game is, is not a bad thing. It's an, another confidence booster. And, uh, you know, when you're playing hockey, if it, when you're playing with confidence, that's when you're at your best. And, and this should just be another confidence booster for him to even get him to that, that next level. And also good news for the VGK is, again, they need more scoring. And you've got guys, Jonathan Marceau, uh, Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, a lot of guys who are going through a skid simultaneously. So you hope maybe they'll come out of it simultaneously as well. But, you know, goal scoring, you need more of it. You're not just going to flick a switch and have it happen. If it was that easy, they'd flick it. But you need, need to find ways to win games still, and that's going to start from the back end then until the scoring catches up. And we've seen Zach Whitecloud now skating regularly. Shea Theodore came back right before the break. This is a blue line now that's getting healthy, and that's going to go a long way. Yeah, I think, you know, a guy like White Cloud, he's, he eats up minutes. Uh, him and Hag, you know, I forget to, uh, maybe it was Ottawa's coach said that's the best 5-6 pairing in the mm-hmm. league when they're when they're playing at their best. So to have that depth, he kills penalties, blocks a lot of shots. Um, and then Theodore, you know, they're missing, you know, his breakout ability is, is crazy just to watch. He, he does th- special things with the puck. And, you know, on top of that, him coming back, gets the less than the minutes on Petrangelo's load where, yeah. you know, going down the stretch, uh, you don't want your your top guys playing high high 20 minutes. Uh, they're going to get burnt out by the time you hit the playoffs. So him coming in uh, lessens the load for Petro, and they can even out the minutes a little bit more and um, keep guys fresh for longer. And, you know, when they are in that uh, down a goal or something at the end of the game, those guys are fresh and they can do a little bit more uh, when they need them. And for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, again, they get healthier on the back end. Not getting healthier overall, as we learned uh, before the All-Star break. Mark Stone's going to be out indefinitely after having back surgery. We're going to discuss that a little bit more in the next segment as well uh, as we talk about how the VGK continue to uh, not just, again, return to action, but find out where all these pieces are going to fit and uh, how that can impact the weeks to come. Father's Trip we'll discuss as well when we come back from a break. But Golden Knights fans, the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions. World-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world and have the exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things. Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. That's FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. We'll step out when we come back. Father's Trip, Mark Stone, and the VGK Place in the Pacific all ahead on Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick. And Derek England here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's coming back for the first time since 2020. The Vegas Golden Knights are hosting the Golden Knights Gala at Zook Inside Resorts World. Tickets are now available for purchase. Don't miss out on the chance to see Golden Knights players, coaches, and front office staff. Save the date for February 13th and have a night filled with food and entertainment. All the proceeds from the gala will go to the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation to support our community. To get more information about the gala, contact the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation at foundation at vegasgoldenknights.com, foundation at vegasgoldenknights.com. Back on nighttime at noon, Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you. And for the VGK, they get back to game action tomorrow night in Nashville. They play Tuesday in Nashville, Thursday in Minnesota, and then back for a three-game homestand, Anaheim on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. That'll make for a fun, long sports day in the Valley. Uh, and then San Jose and Tampa coming to town to round out next week. So lots uh, going on, and for the VGK, that includes... Uh, the father's trip these next two games in Nashville and Minnesota. Tons of fun. And earlier today, 
William Carrier, uh, discussed a little bit about uh, what he's excited about for the father's trip to come. Let's hear what he had to say. What are you most looking forward to having the dads on the trip? Yeah, it's great. It brings some energy. So I've been out there in practice. Uh, energy's higher, so I think yeah, you know, it's going to be good for a game here. I've heard a few people bring up your dad, and they say that he is a beauty. How would you describe your dad? Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, there's a lot of good father there. We had, you know, it's a... Uh, there's a lot of the same guys, you know, we had from uh, from year one, so we kind of recognize that there, uh, you know, Carly's and Teal's, and so, uh, yeah, I think we're, uh, we're going to have a, a good trip here. Growing up, going to and from the rink, who controlled the radio, you or Dad? Dad, I think that's a, that's a Dad thing. No, you, I don't think you're allowed touching the radio until you're, like, 12 years old, so, uh, yeah, Dad was definitely. So what about now? If you pick him up from the airport, is he still controlling the radio? No, was, I'm driving my car. I'm picking the radio, definitely. What would dad pick and what do you pick now? Uh, dad's like, uh, he played music a lot, so he's, he's actually really good. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I picked up a lot of stuff on him, no music. Like he guitar, pianos and everything. So like Super Tram and like uh, the 80s, 70s. And um, I, I'm not good at music at all. So actually he might be the best in any music department. How often do you talk to him? And that was uh, that was Will Carrier earlier today talking about the dad's trip. Uh, very uh, g- good on him that he knows his strengths. He forfeits the aux cord to dad. Not many sons do that. Most of them think they know better, but he knows quality and he appreciates uh, the, the hits of yesteryear. So good for Will Carrier. But, you know, Derek, in your playing days, you got to do a lot of the father's trips. It's got to be one of the highlights on the calendar for the players and for the dads. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, you, you know, the that first one for sure you know you you remember that my dad had no idea you know flying and meeting the other dads and stuff he was pretty quiet and tame i guess you could say but uh you know by the third fourth uh fifth father's trip you know he kind of let loose a little bit and uh (laughs) you know the the dads have a lot more fun than the guys do because the obviously the guys got some games to play but uh you know the the dads like to you know usually there's one ringleader in the dads that uh you know okay we're going out for a team dinner with the guys and uh we're going to put the kids to bed like they did back <laughs> in the day and then the dads go have some fun uh you know and Nashville's a great city they get to go have a you know a few few drinks and listen to some country music and uh you know it's always a blast so you know Nashville I'm sure it's like a, a lot of teams coming to Vegas try to their dads trip around Vegas too so um Nashville was always a the top one that you try to check off with with the fathers. You know, it's right because I think about that too. I think of it, there's got to be the fun element for uh, especially dads who haven't gotten to do many of these trips. If you're a player who's been in the league a long time, maybe there's you know, just 10th or 11th spin, you're comfortable. But there's got to be a nostalgia factor of it too. Yes, you're you're excited to go see your son play NHL games and all be together. But there's got to be a part that almost takes you back to, I mean, in this instance, I'm sure the dads aren't going to be hanging out in the hallways at the Embassy Suites drinking Zimas while the kids are playing floor hockey. It's not its not exactly like the Thanksgiving tournaments of 2003, yeah. but at the same time, there's got to be a little bit of a throwback element to it also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, like the dads will send the boys to bed. They're, you know, you might go for a, for a pop with, with, with the dads uh, and then, you know, there's head, a job head to back, do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> show them where they're going and get them there, and the dads, uh, you know, go have their fun uh, after after the guys go back to bed and, you know the funny the funny thing was uh, I was always the first guy up in the the next morning for for breakfast and how many of the dads no matter what time they got home uh from the father's trip they'd they'd always beat their kids down for <laughs> breakfast the next morning so um 
Kudos. That's a dad thing. You yeah, gotta be up you at gotta, six. You gotta yeah. be up at six no matter what. Then uh, it doesn't matter if they went to bed at two or whatever or midnight. Uh, they were always down there having breakfast and, and and ready to go the next day. So, all right, two more questions on this topic from a, uh, you know someone who knows firsthand. Uh, for the dads that are there again, it's uh, everyone does something for the first time at some point. So, are the dads who are new to the uh, the experience? You know, maybe let's say Paul Cotter's dad joining in. Is he likely? Does everyone have their own personalities, or do the rookies kind of stand back and follow orders? Or each person's yeah. their own, I guess. But I wonder if there's a, an expectation of how they're supposed to behave. Does does the rookie behavior on the bus apply to the dads group as well? I th- I think uh, there's a feeling out process for the for the new dads on the dads trip. You you don't know what's going to be too like. Hot. <laughs> you don't want to come in hot, and uh, and you know you feel it out a little bit, and. I think with the dads and and the the guys, uh, they figure out pretty quickly that it's uh, just a fun trip. Uh, you gotta travel with the guys and and see everything around that, and go for a dinner, and you know, and then you you look at the the, the dads that have been around a, a lot of them, and they'll pull everyone in and meet here, and we're gonna go go have some fun, see the towns. Uh, you know, the teams put on, you know, during game days. Um, you know they have ex- not excursions, but uh, maybe it's golf one day if it's in a golf city. So the so the dads have something to do during the game days where they're not just uh, hanging out in the hotel and uh, they keep them pretty busy and they get to go see. I know in, when we were in Dallas the one year they went to tour Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, very neat. You know stuff like that. Uh, so so they have. They the take advantage of the town they're in. Yeah, they, to go show the dads different things, keep them busy for the game days, so they're not, uh, you know, d- disrupting the, the the nap time and all that. <laughs> the the guys can focus the the day of the game, and then uh, after the game's done, they get to go hang out with their dad and, you know, fly to the next city. Well, I just like to think too. It's it's not like uh, this is the only time that these guys get to play in front of their fathers. They fly out and meet them in whatever town they're in. But this is when they're all together cohesively but I, I do think of when I played and you just hear the coach behind the bench stop looking up at your dad in the stands keep your eyes on the ice keep your eyes on the bench you belong to me I I assume Bruce Cassidy isn't gonna have to say keep your eyes out of the press box we got a job to do yeah yeah no it, I think you you figured out early but uh, it's pretty cool to see um, y- you know whatever city you're in they really focus on it's a dad's trip you, you know they show them on the jumbotron up in the suites and and they show things about the father's trip. They talk about it a lot, and it means a lot, you, you know, for the dads. And, uh, you know, I've been on one mother's trip with Pittsburgh, and it wasn't uh, wasn't quite as much fun as, as, rowdy. Fa- <laughs> as rowdy as the father's trip. But, uh, you know, they got to do a spa day and uh, some shopping <laughs> and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was pretty cool for my mom to see as well. But the, the dads really have a good time. He says a ringleader of the dad's group. We have to find who the ringleader of the mom's group is. Yeah. Who's who's organizing oh. the spa day? But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of fun, and I'll uh, give the uh, the gold knights a little extra jolt heading out of the All Star break. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are following along with our program on our streaming services, you can follow on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, and underneath the uh, the live streaming window that we have on our Twitter uh, Twitter feed. Uh, feel free to drop in the comment section any questions you might have on this topic or others, and we'll try to get to them at the end of the show. Uh, as the uh, Golden Knights get back to work, one player who will be out for uh, for a while, uh, indefinitely is how it's described, uh, Mark Stone, who had back surgery. Of course, that's been something he's been dealing with for some time now, but uh, back surgery uh, from which uh, the medical 
Uh, report was they expect a full recovery, which is very, very good news. Uh, but that will be an absence for the VGK for the foreseeable future. Might end up giving them a little bit of flexibility cap-wise if there's something that they want to do in the next uh, couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, but that will be a significant loss that they'll have to deal with. Yeah, anytime you guy that with that caliber uh, goes down, you, you know, you wish him the best. Uh, back injuries are, are tough, and, you know, he went through it last year, and uh, hopefully uh, – they got it done uh, this this time, and he he's able to recover and come back uh, full full steam. But uh, <clears throat> to lose that guy, um, not only on the ice, what he does out on the ice, but in the locker room and um, all that, uh, his leadership, his you know, you see him when he scores goals, his excitement, it's it's contagious, yeah, and, and uh, makes other guys want to score and and get that excited too. It uh, brings everyone up on the bench and stuff. So. They're definitely missing his uh, leadership and uh, the excitement he brings to the game and, you know, his skill set. It's a 200-foot game. Uh, he's one of the best. Uh, he's always up for the Selkie, it seems, every yeah, single yeah. year as a, as a winger, too, not a centerman. So that's uh, even more more special. So um, they're going to miss him. But like you said, they, it gives them flexibility. Um, you, you don't want that flexibility with him being out. But uh, it'll be interesting going in the next three weeks uh, what the – what they uh, have up their sleeve in there. Right. And so, again, they've been without him for a few weeks. They'll be out without him a bit longer. So they've been uh, trying to make the adjustments uh, with what uh, hockey life without Mark Stone will be for the time being. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, obviously, have been a bit of a challenge. So still trying to work that out. But the, the good news uh, is that, again, they expect a full recovery. And I think that's what will come out of this. Hopefully, Mark Stone is playing hockey as quickly as he can. But also, You'll be happy for him that he doesn't have this lingering on him because, again, he's dealt with it in the past. Hopefully this is a permanent fix that allows him to not have to have that in the back of his mind anymore when he does get back that he's 100% and it's it's uh, smooth sailing from there. Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to have an issue and then go five or ten years and then have it again. But back-to-back right. -back years, you know, the frustration that I'm sure he's feeling with uh, – you know he he's a very proud and determined guy that uh you know i'm sure in his mind he's like oh, i'm letting the team down you know that's how he thinks he, he, be, being hurt uh so you want him to have a fast speedy recovery and hopefully uh you know this is a thing that's not going to linger around and he can get back to you know where he left off he was playing great hockey and uh you know when other guys were out he was really elevating his game to uh make up for those guys being out of the lineup He'll be missed in the meantime, but in the meantime, all the best to Mark Stone in his recovery. We will hop out when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the standing situation in the Pacific for the VGK. We'll also give you a little AHL update as well, where the Silver Knights stand and where Braden Pahal is right now, which is getting ready for his first ever AHL All-Star game in Laval. That's straight ahead. Brian McCormick, Derek England here with you. Nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Second half of Nighttime at Noon, plenty more ground to cover. And Golden Knights fans, attention to you. We need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group, also known as the Cherries. AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League, where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. To learn more and be a part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. I'm going to do that again. afcb.co.uk. And up the Cherries. Up the Cherries. I, I've, see, I'm still learning some of the uh, the EPL vernacular. 
You said up the Golden Knights. That just doesn't sound like a compliment. But uh, we, we were going to go up the cherries on nighttime at noon. Brian McCormick, McCormick, Derek England here with you as we get back into the swing of things uh, for NHL regular season hockey that resumes tonight. VGK back to work tomorrow night in Nashville. Uh, you know, we talked a bit about how the uh, the VGK had a bit of a rough go of it heading into the All-Star break. They're hoping to shake that off uh, as they resume this uh, road trip, Nashville and Minnesota. Earlier today, we uh, heard Bruce Cassidy. He talked a little bit about trying to get the team back in the right mindset, the right swing of things, and here's what Bruce Cassidy had to say. Well, the mindset is we have to find a way to... You know, if you could take a big garbage can in the middle of the room and everyone grabs something, throw it in there and burn it, that's a negative sort of, so we can get our mojo back. You know, this team has the ability to finish. I know Mark Stone takes away a bit of that, but we can still score and, and be a good team offensively. Uh, and I think that has to be a little bit of our mindset going forward to sort of, okay, let's put, put in the past, you know, what happened the last two or three weeks offensively and start thinking a little more where we were at the start of the year and, being a little lighter on our sticks in terms of not squeezing them. Um, but then also understand why, right? We're not getting to the interior ice as well. So we're trying to mix both of those things to get our offensive game going without losing the defensive part. It came back right before we went. So if we can get them both together. So that's our mindset. And listen, I, I've said it, I don't think there's too many teams in a position to cruise home. There's probably two or three in the whole National Hockey League. We're not one of them. I think our guys understand that. They went through it last year, so experience should help us um, get through this this sort of... I wouldn't call it the home stretch yet. I think once the deadline comes, I'd call that. But this is a month we got to start. Um, you know, We can't afford to have off nights. We're letting points get away just because we're mentally not checked in. That That's kind of the message. We need to, to be there every night. And if we don't get the points, it's not because we weren't ready to play. And that was Bruce Cassidy earlier today. There's a few things to, to di uh, dissect from that, Derek. And I think, first of all, I, I asked uh, someone before the show, and they confirmed that it was a metaphorical trash can bonfire in the middle of the locker room. I thought it might be a real ritual. I think it would be a lot of fun. But there's something for whatever bad juju you feel you got going right now, shake it off and come out of the All-Star break is the time to do that. Yeah, it's a it's a time to reset, you know, for a lot of guys other than the guys that went to the All-Star game. they got to get out of town. You know, you got to turn hockey off for, for four or five days at least. And, um, you know, if it's go to Disney with the kids or go sit on a beach somewhere, just, just relax, get away from the game, come back feeling refreshed. And, you know, with the injuries they have had, um, <clears throat> some guys are playing a little bit more minutes, so they might be been a little tired where this refresher is uh, at a perfect time. You know, they were going through a little bit of slump and um, – to come back refreshed father's trip another boost uh, just get here in the right direction and you know they got the talent to score and uh, they just got to get playing the right way and uh, it'll come and we talked about finding ways to score he says you know we got to spend more time on the inside of the ice we got to get inside the dots and we talk about being rested and recharged that's not easy ice to gain so uh, that's an area where I think that the Mark Stone absence is going to be glaring because he's a guy who lives on the inside but he's not talking about track meets he's not talking about quick transition he's talking about getting to the inside, getting to the hard areas, and pounding away. And that's something that needs to be willfully done. It's not going to just happen. Yeah, you, you know, I think this team, the skills that they have, the speed, their transition games up there at the top yeah. of the league, you know. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams are figuring that out. If they can try to shut down the the uh, transition game a little bit, they give themselves a better chance. And, 
you know, I think VGK will uh, come out of this break and know they got to get to the inside and add that element uh, back to their game. I thought they did it uh, extremely well. The first 30 games, they're getting to the net. They're keeping guys away from our net and, you know, maybe fatigue or things crept in where with injuries and stuff like that where they got away with from it a, a little bit and you know that's a it's not a teaching thing it's just a will to do it and uh, you know a guy like Carrier coming back uh, on this road trip he was phenomenal played both games phenomenally um <clears throat> his willingness to go there is like uh, kind of like Mark Stone's uh, willingness uh, when he scores a goal how excited he gets um Carrier's going to the net the way he drives the net takes the puck there you know, other guys are going to see that and keep doing it. And one of the things that Bruce also mentioned that I find interesting, and I'm going to, you know, paraphrase it, add a little bit of me to the comment, but, you know, right now the VGK are going through their rough patch. Everybody's going to have one, or they have had one, and uh, now they're the ones that have the hot hand. But it's it's uh, understandable or human to have a rough go of it as long as you can snap yourself out of it. And as he mentioned, nobody's running away with anything right now. He even said with the exception of maybe a team or two. But even the team or two that you would reference, and maybe we look to the Eastern Conference, Boston has been untouchable for so long, but they're going through their first human stretch over the last couple of weeks where the God King can bleed. Meanwhile, Carolina Hurricanes have won, is it seven in a row now, nine of ten? They're rocketing up. That even every team, Boston's at no risk of, of dropping down and falling out of any kind of race by any means. But every team, even if they're comfortable, there's one team or two teams out there that they probably don't want to see in May or June either, which is why the Stanley Cup is so hard to win. But basically, if you're struggling, that's okay. It's not okay. you got to fix it. But everyone's going to have their turn, and even the teams that are best off probably aren't seeing a, a breezy path to June. Yeah, no, definitely. And as the season gets closer to playoffs, it, everything tightens up. It gets to that playoff hockey where, you, you know, that willingness to to do the uncomfortable things uh, really comes into effect. You, you know, if you're not a guy that likes to go to the net and you can add that to your, your game, this last stretch, it's going to just boost your whole team. You, you know, um, you can't just be the one-dimensional. you got to add things to your game, get get uncomfortable, and uh, your team is going to have more success that way. And like you said, other than, you know, Boston, yeah, they're – I don't even know how many points up. They're almost at 90 points, I think, right now. So they're very comfortable. They're they're, they're, they're very comfortable. They don't have. They're probably the. They're they one, are one, one lock. Yeah. Within the division, they're 13 points up on Toronto. Within the conference, they're uh, seven points up on Carolina. Carolina's won seven in a row. Uh, yeah, the, the Bruins have have had a little bit of a slide of late, which is to say that they've uh, won seven of ten. That's what a slide looks like for them. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they're 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 pretty comfortable, but uh, you know the. The, the battle out here, you know, you even look at the Pacific Division, the Islanders just got Bo Horvat, so yeah. that makes them a little bit more dangerous, and they're, they might be out of a playoff spot right now. I don't know. It's up and down. Islanders are two points back of the last wild card. They're behind Pittsburgh, but they're also behind Buffalo that's right there. Right the, there. The, the Eastern race right now is a little different than the Western race. Yeah, you, you know, so there's a lot of teams that are right there that, uh, you know, this is it goes from a, other than a few teams. It's, a, you know, 10, 12 teams deep, still buying for that uh you know you want to make that push before the trade deadline so your team can see what's what's going on and um and make the adjustments they they can do and um you know then it's a sprint to the end of the year so you got to win as many points like bruce said we got to can't let points slip away and 
you got to take every point you can get and and try to get that cushion back that you had uh, you know a month ago. And in our final segment, we'll have some time to talk a little bit about uh, trade deadline. And again, sometimes it feels like it might be a light deadline just because all the actions happen before deadline day. But this is a, a trade deadline where just the projections. Looks like there's going to be a lot of pieces out there that can make teams better, so that can affect all these races too. But right now, the Gold Knights have dropped to third in the Pacific Division. They are one point back of the Kings and the Kraken. The Kraken have two games in hand on Vegas. Vegas has two games in hand on L.A. And then behind the VGK, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, two points back with a game in hand. The Avalanche have crept up. Calgary's creeping up. Nashville's won three in a row in six of ten, so... Things starting to get a little bit uh, more interesting in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference. That's why it's important for the Golden Knights to get things going right now. Golden Knights uh, are on a four-game winless streak. That is their longest such of the season. 15-5-4 and four on the road. That record has taken a little bit of a dinging on this current road trip, uh, but hoping to rectify things going forward. Uh, Silver Knights, uh, quick to touch on them. Uh, been a rough stretch. Uh, for the HSK as well, but Braden Pahal is enjoying a well-deserved weekend in Laval uh, for All-Star Game festivities. He hit 97 miles an hour on the gun last night in Laval for the uh, the All-Star Skills Competition, and the All-Star Game in Laval will be at uh, will be available It'll be on NHL Network, but also on AHL TV streaming for free. Uh, AHLTV.com, I believe streaming for free. You can tune into that. That'll be four o'clock uh, Pacific time from Laval. Fun event, uh, mirrors the NHL event uh, pretty pretty closely. Uh, one thing that the AHL did last night for the skills competition I thought was kind of cool, they removed the glass from, I'd say, maybe the, the tops of the circles from uh, dot to dot, kept it around the back to save everyone's life or harder shot, but uh, they allowed for fans that could come right down there to the dasher and get autographs and such during the uh, the event. That was a, a neat touch, I thought. Yeah, it's all about the fan experience, uh, you know, the whole All-Star weekend Um you know, it's the guys that are going there too to get re- rewarded for the the season that they're having. But you know, it's all about the you know the kids and 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 fans. So the interaction there. I know we did when I was in Wilkesbury. We had a team skill session uh, around the All Star break, and and they would do the same thing. And it just allows the fans to interact with the players a little bit more, and you know, get autographs like you said, or you know, just have a little conversation, which uh, you know helps build the sport and and grow fan fan bases silver knights winless in six of their last seven so they need to get going again they are right now in ninth seven teams in the pacific will make the playoffs so the silver knights find themselves three points back of bakersfield for that last spot Uh, but all teams have a game in hand at least uh on the silver Knights. so they've got work to do but after the all-star break they come back uh for a home game on the 11th when they will take on the ontario rain for pink in the rink night uh, presented by Comprehensive Cancer Centers. So Pink in the Rink, uh, if you're coming down to the Dollar Loan Center on Saturday uh, to see them take on the rain, support uh, breast cancer research and the battle against breast cancer, uh, Pink in the Rink, uh, we encourage you to come as pink as you possibly can. Uh, we know you won't let us down, but uh, that's what the HSK are up to. Uh, and uh, after this next home game on the 11th, they will play 10 of their next 13 on the road. So they have some climbing to do and difficult terrain to navigate, but uh, we'll see how they manage it through the month of February. We'll hop out when we come back. We'll uh, come uh, to finish off nighttime at noon with a broader look at the league as a whole and uh, some trade deadline fun that uh, well, we've got uh, almost a month of fun leading up to it, but Bo Horvat's deal to the Islanders certainly has gotten it started. We will discuss Brian McCormick and Derek Anglin here with you on nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans, the craggy range at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson is the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. Come to watch your nights on one of the craggy range's big screen TVs or the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, or all kinds of cocktails while you catch the action. You can find a menu for the whole family, plus a full bar with 16 beer taps. The Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill open daily. No tickets required. Craggy Range out in Henderson at the DLC. Wrapping up uh, another episode of Nighttime at Noon, Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you from Studio 31 at City National Arena. Uh, I'm going to ask now because I always forget until there's 15 seconds left in the show. Bad host. Songy, are there any questions uh, from the ether for Derek or myself? There never is, and it's because we answer things so just in real time. We cover it all. We do, we do everything here. Nothing left uncovered. Yes. Phenomenal. Well, let's get then to the broader NHL storylines as we get back to action uh, this evening. Uh, and as we move off one All-Star weekend, let's just look immediately ahead to the next one. They've announced that Toronto uh, is going to be the host for All-Star weekend in 2024. That's going to be a lot of fun, not only just, of course, the fan base and uh, and what Toronto brings, but also uh, for a weekend that also sometimes uh, revolves around and should revolve around legends. Toronto has them, and the Hockey Hall of Fame is about, uh, what, a five-minute drive down the road from uh, the arena. That, that's going to be a fun host city. Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, it's not going to have the lights of Vegas or the beach in, in, in Florida, but uh, like you said, it's, uh, you know, Hockey Central type thing uh, in Toronto, so... Everything's right there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ex-players that call Toronto home, and uh, so they'll. I think they'll, uh, you know, do a lot of cool things. Uh, you know, with with the competitions and stuff, but just bringing those ex-player, those those former players in, and and being there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Hall of Famers that uh, live there as well, so. It'll be a pretty cool event, and Toronto's a great city. Now, Vegas did the Bellagio Fountains. They did the Blackjack game. They did in uh, Florida this weekend the uh, the beach, the, the splash shot, I think was what they called the one. There was a golf element. What is the quintessentially Toronto thing that we'll see? I think you could do you could do gentle wrist shots from the top of the CN Tower I was and try to hit a target in the middle yeah. of Sky Dome. Right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, hey, you might be onto something there. Call me. Yeah. I've got the ideas. <clears throat> right. But uh, Toronto will be a lot of fun for next year. Uh, as we mentioned, the uh, the trade deadline is March 3rd, uh, and already things have gotten going. You could argue maybe top three, if not the number one player on a lot of people's trade boards for the season he's having and for the likelihood of him being moved was Bo Horvat. That deal's done already. Uh, Bo Horvat last week uh, traded to the New York Islanders. Anthony Bavillier, Otto Ratty, uh, and a 2023 first-round pick with conditions attached, I believe, going the other way uh, to Vancouver. Um, some head-scratching, I guess, when that went, deal went down. I, I didn't think it was a bad return for Bo Horvat when you know he's you're going to be moving him. You got from the Islanders... Bavillier, who's a serviceable middle six, it's a team Vancouver is not ready to win right now regardless. Ratty is their, you could argue, their top prospect, certainly top three, uh, and a first-round pick is a first-round pick. I thought they did all right. I was a little surprised the Islanders were the team that pulled the trigger for Bo Horvat when they are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Bo Horvat has re-upped for eight years at, uh, I believe it was eight million, somewhere eight in that half, eight yeah. and a half in yeah. that ballpark. So uh, he's he was happy where he went to, and he re-upped immediately. So he's... Uh, cemented himself um but for the islanders I, what comes to mind for me is i don't know if that move alone makes them cup contenders but they gave up a lot to get him it's yeah. the move a cup contender makes i would think they're not done 
Yeah, no, I think you never know with Lou, Lou yeah. Amarillo. Uh, he'll he'll do whatever he can to make his team better. And, you know, I think the Islanders have struggled to score goals. And, uh, you know, he's right up there at the top of the league with goals scored this year. And, uh, you know, he's been on a tear. So you put him with a Barzell that can, uh, the, the playmaking ability he has, uh, you know, that could be a, a deadly combination there so uh, I think they set the stage I think there was a lot of teams in on him and uh, the sooner they can pull the trigger it's just more time you know you wait right till the deadline there's not much time to adapt to the new system and all that so the sooner you can I think we'll start seeing the domino effects of that uh, you know not not only league-wide but especially in that division you know you know they're a team it's a really tight just like the the Pacific Division where you know they pull the trigger and now they put the pressure on the other teams to go out and do what they can to, to make their teams better too. And sets the market again as, as well. Again, there's there's different uh, opinions on how good the return was for Vancouver, but we now know that at the very least, Bo Horvat was worth a first-round pick and, and one of your top prospects. Translate that to some of the other names that appear to be out there. I don't think anybody thought Patrick Kane would be going anywhere without a first-round pick going yeah. the other way, but when you have Patrick Kane is on the market, Timo Meyer is, is likely uh, available Uh Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves as well, uh, the, the St. Louis St. Blues. Blues. You know, St. Louis Blues. Yeah. We don't have so much time. Let's break that down. Uh, two, two, St. Louis and Chicago will do St. Louis first. Ryan O'Reilly is going to be returning from injury probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he looks to be on the move. Vladimir Tarasenko looks to be on the move. St. Louis can get a lot back from that uh, for a team that's having a disappointing season. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, I, I love the way he plays. He's a, you know, He's like the Mark Stone. He's always up for the Selkie. He's kills penalties power play good shot good hands uh and the leadership in the locker room so he's going to be whatever team if if they do get him is uh going to get a, a great uh, great leader great player and uh you know he's going to make a difference on whatever team he goes to and vlad tarasenko brings sniping ability a little bit of frustration yeah. in st louis from the last couple of years he uh, might get rejuvenated by a change of scenery on the chicago front patrick kane we've been talking about it feels like for over a year where he would end up going have a little bit of a down year, a little banged up. Change of scenery might help him. I find Jonathan Taves just as interesting. Both deals are going to require some sort of salary retention for Chicago, very likely. But Jonathan Taves is a guy who's playing 20-goal pace. A team can add him as a bottom six. He doesn't need to be 2009 Jonathan Taves. He can be exactly what he is and make a good team better. Yeah, he's. he's I kind of put him in the Ryan O'Reilly. You know, he plays that 200-foot game. You know, if you want to – Eric Carlson, I always – you know, everyone says he's not uh, – Scoring, he's not scoring 40 goals like he did the first year. Well, I, I don't see Carlson as I seen him like the Taves, that 200-foot player, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly as well. So uh, Taves is definitely interesting. He's going to be an easy guy to go onto a team and and make him better. And you know, Kane, uh, you know, I think his production's down. Probably uh, he doesn't have the the guys he's been playing with the last few years. They're kind of in that rebuild mode, and um, so. You know his numbers. If he goes to a new team with the uh, playoff contention, I'm sure his his numbers are going to go back right right up. His skill set is uh, unbelievable, so he's fun to watch, and it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of big names out there this year that uh, you never expect to, to be on other teams, and uh, looks like they might be. Yeah, it looks like the blue liner leading the market will be Jacob Chikrin. Thought he might move at last deadline. That seems pretty likely. He moves at uh, at this one. So. We'll have weeks to break all this down, unless all the deals happen tomorrow. Not in our control. Yeah. But uh, a lot of fun. Also, last piece of news, Dylan Strom, five-year extension, $5 million average in Washington. 
Uh, that'll do it for nighttime at noon. Derek, great hanging out with you. I hope you have a great week. You too. Thanks for having me on here. Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick here with you. Uh, again, you can catch the uh, AHL All-Star Game tonight. AHL All-Star Festivities from Laval. You can find that on NHL Network and the AHL TV. Golden Knights in Nashville tomorrow night. And uh, join in with the broadcast crew for all the NHL fun as we are back to work. Nighttime at noon, Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you. Have a great day on Fox Sports Las Vegas.